Hi, and welcome to the She's a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Louise, and this podcast is going to be brought to you every single week. If you're a Christian and you're looking for some great community, then we hope that this podcast makes you feel like you've nipped round to your pal's house for a cup of tea and a chinwag, and that you go away feeling even more excited and more aware of God's goodness, his love for you, and his protection over you. If you aren't a Christian, or you know some Christians, but they're a bit weird, maybe you're not even sure that God exists, maybe you're seeking, then this is a great place for you too. Come along, tune in, and we hope that you go away feeling encouraged and uplifted, hearing testimonies of goodness from people from all walks of life. Tune in, I don't really know what I'm doing, but does anyone, and let's do this together. Hi, and welcome to season one, episode two of the She's a Christian podcast. So today I'm joined by Wendy Griffith. Wendy's South African born ex-corporate girl who has created a lifestyle which serves her passions around motherhood, career and community. She is a passionate entrepreneur. She is a certified health and wellness coach who supports women on their perimenopause journey and was awarded best health coach for moms UK in the Global Health and Pharma Fitness and Nutrition Awards in 2021. She has a multiple five-star rated podcast called The Thriving Women Project. Wendy also runs a marketing agency supporting women in the wellness space with strategy and consulting for their online marketing. It's called The Thriving Biz Club. Well, and A Thriving Business Club, which is a program for helping business owners get their digital marketing ducks in a row. That's how I met Wendy. Well, that's not how I met Wendy, but that's how Wendy and I are working together now. In her spare time, you'll find her at the beach. She lives in Norfolk with her family and dogs paddle boarding or volunteering at her church in Norwich. She also volunteers with Rainbows as a Girl Guide leader. Wendy believes the best gift you can give the world and your family is a healthy and thriving you. So if you've seen me over the last couple of days talk about, I'm just putting up this reel because Wendy made me this reel and sent me this reel and told me to post it at nine o'clock. That's Wendy. This is Wendy. So welcome Wendy Hi. Griffith onto <laughs> this podcast. You've made me out to be this like really scary person on social media and everyone's like, who is this Wendy? That's Wendy. So here she is. She's lovely. Um, I'm the problem. So we've been friends for a few years now and we bonded because I don't know, well, I don't know if you found this as well, but in like certain spheres of your life and in particular in our, in our work sphere, people tend to say things like, oh, Wendy's a Christian. You'd love Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> And that's how I've met some of my really good friends, right? When other people, like really well-meaning people are like, such and such as a Christian, like you would absolutely love them. And I'm like, FYI, like all Christians are not They're the same. You don't just gel with every single person in the world because they're a Christian. But in this instance, and actually in every instance within my workplace, um, they've, they've become firm and dear friends. So yeah, welcome onto the podcast, Wendy. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I should add that when I first met Louise, um, I was like actually a little bit intimidated by her, but not because she's like this meanie, obviously we know and love Louise, but just because you know, Louise had this like air about her. She was, you know, successful in her business and obviously beautiful inside out. And, you know, everyone gravitated towards her. So I was just a bit like, please be my friend. Oh my gosh. And then you met me and you're like, she's an absolute riot. She doesn't know her head from an arc from ours. She can't even get in the door in the morning. We always have such a good time at conferences. Can I just say, like, there's so many moments at work we were in a liver, like we just can give each other the eye, like across a room of like, I don't know, like hundreds or thousands of people. And it's like, you know, 
like we just have the eye um it's so good but thank you so much for coming on um you're so busy we actually did try to do this earlier didn't we and my baby woke up and you said listen i've got your back let's jump on tonight so here we are so i'm just going to start off by asking you if you could tell all the listeners how did you become a christian well for me like we were actually talking about this in church last night. It, like the pastor was saying, you know, remember that first time that you became a Christian and people were sharing these epic stories. Like I was at a Billy Graham, like um, crusade. And, you know, I was at this, like I grew up in the, in, in a Christian family. Uh, my mom and dad met at a church camp um, when they were teenagers. And I, you know, went to Sunday school and my mom taught Sunday school and my granny and grandpa were Christians. And yeah, so that was, it was kind of just this organic thing that we, that we did. But I suppose for me, when I truly confirmed that decision, that, you know, being baptized as a baby and then having my confirmation in my teens was that confirmation that, yes, this is actually my path. This is, this is what I choose to believe in for myself. And I think it was actually at a Christian camp that I was on when um, I was praying really, really hard. And because I really wanted to speak in tongues, because I felt like if I could do that, that would mean I was a serious Christian. (laughs) And I was like, please, 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 please. And I remember sort of like being blessed with that gift and just be like, I've made it. I can speak. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So yeah, that's probably like a defining moment, but yeah, it was a very sort of organic process. And I was very fortunate sort of growing up. Um, Unfortunately, my mom and dad um, did split when I was around 11 years old. And my mom remarried an amazing man whose father was actually like a bishop in the Anglican church in South Africa. And he was like a big wig. So like he knew like, you know, Desmond Tutu and people Massive like that. So, you know, um, so yeah, so it, it, again, it carried on. I went to Christian girls school and yeah, my, my faith has just sort of always been a part of my yeah. life. I can't ever remember a, a time that I didn't believe in Jesus and have my faith. Yeah. And I also, um, I was wondering as well, because I think I did touch on this in my, in my first podcast is there's sometimes this view of Christianity where people from the outside looking in perhaps think that is a faith for good people that maybe never see, you know, any hard times or maybe Christians aren't good enough at talking about the hard times or struggles or the best laid plans that didn't pan out or, you know, just stuff like that and I just wondered I want to make this podcast largely a joyful place and sharing good news and the overarching you know story is that Jesus is good news but are there any um just thinking about God's breakthroughs and things like that are there any times that you can look back on in your life and think the promises of God and this whole being a Christian thing feels really far away right now and is there a God and does he love me? And am I going to get this particular desire of my heart? Um, have you ever been yeah. in that valley? Oh my goodness. So many times, so many times, but two that really stand out for me that I, I'd really love to share was one that happened to me as a child. So just to, you know, set the record straight on the fact that Christians have it easy. I actually had a very hard childhood growing up and my 
dad was consumed with addiction, um, as his father was. It was it's a very much a generational curse that I have been determined to break off in in sort of my life. And he was, you know, he struggled with alcoholism and it ruined our family. And growing up, my home environment was fraught and angry and tense. And we we didn't know whether my dad was going to come home and throw plates or, you know, lash out. Or, you know, I remember times, you know, driving with my mom to the police station just so we could hide there for the night. I remember going vividly remember going to collect my dad from prison in the middle of the night because he got into a drunken driving accident and I'd, he had blood splattered all over him and we had to bail him out of jail. I remember like living through all these incredible traumas as a child, but I don't say that to make you feel sorry for me, but just to share the fact that I prayed so hard as an early child, my mom, my mom wanted six kids, but she couldn't, you know, with, with my father and his, his drinking addictions. And I just want to say, off the bat, like my my dad has is now been sober for 30 mm-hmm. years and he's a Christian. And so I feel bad sharing that information because I feel like that puts my my biological dad and I have two dads and I've got my stepdad to talk about in a sec, but I, I don't want to paint him in a bad light because he worked really hard to get clean. But unfortunately, my parents' marriage broke down and I just there were times I just prayed. I just prayed for a family. I wanted brothers and sisters. I was lonely. I was scared. And when my parents split up and my dad went into rehab and he got clean and sober, um, my mom met my stepdad and just the most loving man who just embraced me as his own. And I ended up inheriting three stepsisters who were a bit older than me. So they were married and they've gone on to have kids. So now I have like 10 nieces and nephews who are like even closer to me in age than my sisters are because my stepdad was a bit older than my mum. And yeah, I just ended up having this, I have this family all over the world. I have this huge family and I just feel so incredibly loved. And, you know, my, my dad went on to, to get remarried and, and have, a, I had a, I've got a half brother. So yeah, it just, God always restores, yeah. you know, what the locusts have stolen, like it, he will always restore. And so I ended up like my, my stepdad was a part of my life for 25 years until he passed away three years ago. And it's left a huge hole in my life, but you know, for 25 years, I had him in my life as an amazing father figure. I, you know, so I feel very blessed. And then the other situation that I just wanted to share was my journey and struggle to have my miracle IVF daughter, Jessie, who's now nearly seven. She's missing her front tooth now. She looks so cute. So weird. (laughs) Cute and weird. Um, And yeah, and we, we went through many years of fertility struggles and multiple sort of um, rounds of IVF and cycles. And anyone who's been through IVF will know the terminology and all that. And it's just, but yeah. And, um, and God, God bless me. My last, last opportunity, my last egg, the last roll of the dice. And that was my daughter. Jessie. And um, can you share, because I know, obviously I know you, what happened when, so you went to get your blood work done and you have to wait, obviously that two week window. So you went and got that done and you were kind of like. Well, I had to have that. So it was the third time of having that done. And I remember. I think I know the story you want me to tell, which was when I was... You went to church well, and the lady was there. Oh, yeah. So there's 
So basically, there's two things to it. There's, you're like, oh yeah, that option. Yeah. So I was, um, I had the last sort of um, like implantation done. Yes, that's the one. And I went to church, and it was a healing service, and there was an incredible prophet uh, visiting from the US, an uh, incredible woman called Joanne Moody, and she just walked up to me and my husband and just laid her hands over my stomach and started praying, and a few days later, I went. To no she didn't know about me no nothing and a few days later I went and had my bloods done and I remember vividly coming back from London sitting on the train and walking to my car I could still remember exactly where I was and I remember saying Lord if this comes back and it's negative I, I will not be angry at you and I will still love you and I will still serve you and I'll just know that it's your will oh Wendy and then I got the phone call like an hour later to say I was pregnant. Oh my goodness. And you can imagine God, because I, I think that that when he sees us enjoying good things and blessings, it's like watching your kids open their presents on Christmas. Oh morning. my goodness. You're I more mean, excited than them. And that's like God, isn't it? When you can imagine him thinking like, Wendy, like just, just you wait. Like he's the parent on Christmas Eve, right? Like, it's like I know, I know. Like when you the night before like Christmas, and you just can't wait to see your kid's face. Like my daughter's birthday is coming up, and I just I'm already getting like so excited about the party I'm going to do for her, and we're doing like a disco sleepover, and I'm just like getting all into the planning. And it's just you just want to love your children. So I can imagine that's exactly how God feels. And that was a real standout moment, and it was lovely because every subsequent year that Joe came back to our church to do that kind of same annual service, I would you know take Jessie and be like yeah she is she's like a year older and, oh. and have you told Jessie a little bit about like mommy and daddy like well I've told I've told yeah. her that um I always she always says to me mommy am I a gift from Jesus oh because like, she I've told her I told her I prayed for her and I longed for her and God gave me the best gift in the world when you know I got to be her mommy it's just amazing. And tell us a little bit about Jessie. Who do you think Jessie's going to grow up to be? <laughs> the thing is, she is really, I mean, the brilliant thing about IVF is that they literally take the best, the, the best of the best. <laughs> literally. It's the best. <laughs> they literally take the best from both of you and spread it around and, you know, put it in the Petri dish. And that's, that's I feel like, yeah, I feel like she is literally 50-50 of me and my husband. Oh. I mean, she's she's got... My husband's like humor, but she's got my mischievous nature. Yeah. You know, she's she likes a lot of the same things. You know, she she likes the dancing and the singing and performing and stuff mm -hmm. that I enjoy. But then she's quite shy. Like my husband can be more introverted. But the thing that I love about her so much is that she's got a really powerful prophecy on her life for leadership. And I feel such that sense of responsibility to foster that in her and to nurture her yeah. and I already see it in how it's manifesting at school and how she's always the the one who's nominated by her teacher, you know, for the governor's award or for kindness. And she's the one invited to all the kids' birthday parties because she's friends with everyone, because she's kind to everyone. And, you know, the thing that we say every morning when she walks out the door is be kind, be kind. That's like our number one family rule is to be kind to people. And so she's living that. And yeah. And she's gone on her own journey with Jesus. And it was last year, actually, at our church that she actually made the decision herself. And she got her little certificate and she got to screw her light bulb into the wall. So we've got this big wall at church, which says Jesus 
is life and it's all lit up with these light bulbs and she got to screw her light bulb in and that oh was my goodness an amazing moment it's just amazing that's like are we joseph actually i remember he just i think he just prayed with us one night and then it's like the he got up in the morning and like announced it to everyone like guess what <laughs> and it's just <laughs> yeah yeah it's so precious and so like sweet but that's what I feel like I learn through her every day is what Jesus says to have that childlike faith. And so for me, it's very much, you know, seeing that through her eyes, seeing her wonder and awe and just, and that's reminds me. And I think there's something so special about having younger children. And I am so conscious that the days are long, but the years are short and these years fly Mm. by. And so I'm just, just trying to just take in every single moment to just relish everything uh, that she's teaching me about faith and yeah oh, maybe jesse and joseph could get married <gasps> yes <laughs> i mean jj i yeah i mean that Sounds that is genuinely good. one of my greatest prayers is that she will marry a christian husband and that she will carry on and have her faith and it's so hard as a parent because you want to give your children choice and you want them to have you know free will <laughs> yeah but at the same time you're like you will believe <laughs> yeah yeah no I know I know I know it's pretty crazy and I had a funny story this is not really a anything to do with this chat story but it's to do with Joseph we're driving to school one morning and there's his school I kind of leave myself 45 minutes to get there in the morning because it's a bit of a commute now so it's like quarter past eight and I'm going along and I'm just like so exhausted and he goes oh I forgot to say by the way I've been thinking of getting a caravan. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, some of the things she what? comes out with, she's more, I'm just like, <laughs> like utter randomness. He's leading back. Yeah, I totally forgot to mention. I mean, um, yeah, I think I'm thinking of getting a caravan. And it's like, what is going through their brains sometimes? They just, just make me laugh so much. He said to Tav the other day, um, who do you like better, nanny or granddad? Which is my mum and dad. Right, and then he went without her even answering. She's like stuffing her face with her crisp. He goes, "I like Granddad a bit better, to be honest." <laughs> and then he asked her, and she's three, and she pipes up, "I don't know. I don't sit around and think about stuff like that." <laughs> she's like so good. Like he's like me. He's a complete thinker. Like he's a deep thinker, whereas she is a bit more like my husband. And it's actually something that I love about her. And I wish I was more like this. She's so good at just like bashing things off, like things just spring off her. And she's got that real like kind of outward kind of resilience about her. But they're just so funny, like who they come out to be. And I just love it. It's so funny. It's such a journey. It's such a journey. But back to the Christian thing, because this is a Christian podcast, not a what do kids say podcast, although we could do those. Um... What do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions about Christianity? Like for people looking in at this who are looking in at Christianity, like, you know, that game show and it's like, we asked a survey, top 100 people, what's their favorite holiday destination or pie filling? Okay, out of 100 people, what's the number one preconceived idea that you think they have about Christianity? Like a Christian is or a Christian does. Oh, I think it's that we're like boring goody two shoes and that we're going to sort of 
whip out our Bibles and start preaching at them and bashing, bashing them over the head with our Bibles and yeah, and also that we don't do anything wrong and that we don't make any mistakes and that we're like perfect and yeah, you know, and I, 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 I just, I just love smashing that misconception when people meet me and I'm like, you know, my say something inappropriate. Actually, I often say things inappropriately and you know, just being real with people. It's yeah, know, because being a Christian is about having a faith and a and a, and a belief in something, but it. And obviously, as Christians, we we do our utmost to be the hands and feet of Jesus on this dark earth that we live on, because this is not our home. Like our home is eternity, is for that. where we will live with Jesus and God and, you know, the trilogy and everyone all together happily one day. And so, yeah, that's what we're called to do. And I think sometimes also people might say to me, like, oh, you know, I don't know how it is that you do the things you do or, oh, you you know, you're so good and you do this or you volunteer and do that. And it's just like, but actually, if they if they understood our faith, if they knew what we believe as Christians, they know that we're called to be a light in our community and to serve our community. Yeah, like there's maybe a, a, a bigger picture beyond what this world would have you think is important. Absolutely. And we could, we can get so bogged down with all the stuff and, you know, ultimately... I live my life by what would Jesus do? Like, remember, we need to bring back those bangles. Oh my goodness. I'll be honest. I hated those bangles. Cause like, at our oh, YouTube, did you? I love them. You know, I just do? think it was like, I don't know. I have like bad memories of those bangles. I, I think it's because in our youth group, it was like, if you were wearing it, you were like on the Christian bandwagon. And if you weren't, it was like, mm, he doesn't have one on. She doesn't have one on. So I actually have a bangle that I wear that's um, from my church. But I'm not wearing it today, funnily enough. And it and it says like on it, it's like hope, you know, hope is eternal. And like, it just, it always grounds me when I see it. And like, yeah, I'm getting stressed about the small stuff. And I'm like, really, Wendy, bigger picture, bigger picture. Hope is eternal. We could get one of those, what would Jesus do bracelets? We could have a He's a Christian podcast, What Would Jesus Do bracelets. Totally. Yeah. And swag. We swag. need swag. So we need cool. T-shirts. WWJD. Shirts. You know, though, it's like quite a loaded thing when you're 12 years old because I think I took it as like, what would Jesus do in this minute? And it's like, I don't know. I remember thinking like, this is a very, this is a big ask. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. 12 years old with that on my wrist. This is a big ask. What would Jesus do? Well, you're talking to the girl who used to wear a badge at school that says, give hugs, not drugs. Give hugs, not drugs. It's nice, Wendy. I was such a pretty two-shoes. Yeah, I think those are the preconceived ideas about Christianity. And also that you don't have struggles and that, you know, and I think people think, well, if you believe in God, why are you going through those struggles? And I think fundamentally what people don't appreciate is that, just because we're here on this earth and that we have this faith in, in God and Jesus and our, our Christian faith, it doesn't mean that bad things don't happen. In fact, actually, a lot more bad things can sometimes end up happening to you because, you know, we're in, in this very dark world and we are warring and we, you know, we don't talk about it enough as Christians that we're actually warring against, you know, evil and you know, evil spirits and things that exist. And and especially nowadays with like the rise of spiritualism and the universe has got your back and like the amount of like 
people that I see now with their tarot cards and moon bathing and rubbing their crystals together and stuff. And I, and I'm not saying that to be judgmental of that because I always want to be that person who respects other people's faiths and belief. But what that shows me is that people are seeking a higher power. People are seeking more and what I see my job as a Christian to be is to be that light that Jesus would have been when he was on the earth for that short period of time to really show people what's possible with having this faith and how you can just feel so complete and like you don't have to prove and earn and strive and achieve and be all the things because actually you are enough just as you are you are loved and I always remember reading this like you will never be more worthy than you are in this very moment right now in Jesus' eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all those things are good. Like achievements are great. And to be ambitious. Oh, yeah, I love an achievement. All of that. But I think those things don't get us to the end game. The end game is it is done. We're, as Christians, we believe. Yeah, we're not trying to earn our way to that. heaven. Like we're already going because we've made that commitment. Yeah, exactly. Um, So you can then take those things for what they are. And they don't have the ability to to control your life or to floor you or to completely, you know. And just touching on the achievements, I just want to add, because I just feel really like compelled to say this to somebody maybe who's listening right now, is that if you are feeling like you've constantly got to prove yourself, like this, this was a big one for me. This was a big one for me for a long time where I felt like unless I was the best at something or the best at whatever it was that I was doing, I've always been a very competitive person. I'm South African, like it's in my blood. We are competitive people. But one thing that has really just helped me to chill out over the last few years is also knowing that God has a plan for my life. And so it doesn't matter what so-and-so is doing over there or if so-and-so is launching a podcast or they, the number one, this and that, whatever, whatever, like, we all have a destiny and we all have a call on our life. And I want to make sure that I'm doing what God has planned for me. And I'm not trying. And I feel like all the things in my life that have felt the hardest to do or the most of a struggle to do is because I'm trying to do it in my own strength and I'm not trying to do it in God's strength according to his plan for me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's also, um, something I always think is it's so counterintuitive to what as humans we believe and what society will tell you is correlated. But there's something to be said about the less you do, the more he does. And that ability to rest. Yes. Well, it's, it's that whole do your best and God will do the rest. Like you do what you can do, but then if it's, yeah. if it's meant to be, God will bless it. Absolutely. And I think that we're so often in the like you know what does the world tell you that there's a direct correlation between results and your effort and it's it's a tricky one because yes you you can't sit around and expect like oh yeah like lord i'm just going to sit back and chill and like exactly. pay my bills for me like obviously you need to go out and put some perspiration in there should be a certain rest that comes with like moving forward to acquire something and in, in things like that. And and that's something that daily I think is, is is the biggest fight for me as a believer is the fight to enter into like a mindset of rest um and to let go. Because the, the devil wants us to be distracted and worried and looking around at other people and taking our eyes off our own lane, right? That's when he's 
is, is deleted. Especially right now with the big C and with the cost of living rise and it's all anyone will talk about and everyone's living in this fear. So we've just we've just got over the fear of COVID and now everyone's fearing their mortgage payments and the cost of living rise. And it's just, devil's just sitting there going, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. Everybody's fighting. Everybody's scared. Yeah. Everybody's living in fear. No one's trusting. Yeah. Yeah. And we're letting him win by allowing that. And I'm not saying that, you know, to not, you know, be reticent of what's going on around you. But at the same time, it's also knowing that, you know, if God can provide for the birds, like he can exactly. provide for us, his children. Exactly. And I think we get to be rooted in amongst, it's almost like the rock in the middle of the brook that's all going all this way and that. that. And we're the rock. Yeah. And like, yeah, we, we see what's going on around us, but we're like, we're rooted. And, um, yeah, it always makes me think of that song, like Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Yeah. Oh, my little boy was singing that the other day. I'm not going to start singing. I'll save you that this coming up. <laughs> when you send this podcast to your editor, maybe she can like overlay that with some like, Christ is my firm foundation. No, we've gone there. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, leave a big pause. Or, do you want that edited out or do you want it to stay in? I think it should stay in. I, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. I actually can <laughs> sing, so I'm not bothered about my voice being heard. I'm just, you know, I didn't expect to break into song on your podcast, but there you go. <laughs> so back to the podcast. So um, obviously you're a busy person and your life is full of things that give you joy. You're not yes. busy in a, in a, like, in a bad way. And you're a Christian, obviously. That's why we're, we're having these chats. I always think it's fascinating to have a peek behind the curtain of people and how they go about their day and how they are in between, like, yeah, behind, a peek behind the curtain would be a, a perfect way to describe this. So if we were to be a fly on your wall in the Griffith household in the morning, talk us through your day, because what are some things that are your non-negotiables, that are cornerstones in your day? that if they were taken away, your day wouldn't run as smooth. Like the things that you do, doesn't matter if you're on holiday or you're at home, what are mm -hmm. some really solid habit cornerstones that you will do forever? So this probably won't surprise any Christian listening to this, but my God time, first thing is fundamental. And I used to like think, oh, it had to be this like, oh, I got up like, at five o'clock in the morning before anyone roused in my house and I had to go and sit in a quiet room and I had to like do all this Bible reading and I had to do all the things and like, and also, but when you become a mom to a small person and who's like already getting up, you up at like half five, six in the morning, you're like, Oh, so for <laughs> me, like I, my family know. So my husband is such a morning person. I'm much more night owl. Um, so yeah, that's the morning is his domain. So, and he's a very hands-on dad. So he does the mornings. And fortunately, because he's a remote worker, he works fully from home. So that is one blessing to come out of, you know what, um, that he is at home because, you know, back in the day, he used to like leave the house at seven in the morning, get home, gone seven at night. And I don't need to tell you because I know your husband works crazy shift hours and all sorts. So he very much like, you know, gets us hot drinks in the morning. And then we normally all crawl into bed. We, you know, do some reading with my daughter and then she'll go downstairs. And when she goes downstairs to have breakfast, because my mum lives with us. So granny makes her, her breakfast in the morning. They have a bit of time. My husband's getting sorted, maybe walking the dog, whatever. Then I will sit in my bed with my hot drink and I will do 
I say to GSC, my Jesus time. And what that could look like is either reading my devotional, if I just need a little, like, I don't have much time, a little snack, um, or reading my Bible or listening to my Abide app on my phone, which is a great meditation app. If you haven't heard of it for Christians, I love it. And so, yeah, I just have that time to ground me, pray over my day. Lord, what do you want me to do today? Who, who do you want me to help? Who do you want me to bless? Yeah. And that's how I go about my day. So, you know, and then like my daughter goes off to school. My husband normally drops her because I'd always do the pickups in the afternoons. Um, yeah. He's obviously working. So that's all like, maybe I'll do a bit of work if I've got like a later class I want to go to, but then I'll, or I'll go to gym. So I'll go to gym, I'll get some work done. Um, and then I'm on the school run usually in the afternoons and on duty until my husband finishes work and then it's dinner and, you know, all the things and activities and, you know. Yeah, all the, all the things. Yeah. That's kind of what we, what has worked. That's our family rhythm. But yeah, for me, the cornerstone for me is that Jesus time in the morning and moving my body. Amazing. And that, that keeps, that keeps you sane. It keeps the things running smoothly. It keeps money. It keeps mommy from not losing the plot. Yeah. It helps me manage my ADHD as well. So movement Mm -hmm. is a big part of it. It gives me that sort of dopamine hit, which when you have ADHD, that's something that you're in deficit of. So yeah, that's just. Like I, I move for my mental health more than like my chiseled yeah. six pack, which yeah, 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 yeah. Not have a chiseled six pack. <laughs> Just... Thank you so much for being on. How can my listeners find you and connect with you? Oh, thank you so much for having me. So yeah, the best place to find me is to go to my website, wendygriffith.co.uk or find me hanging out over on Instagram, Wendy Griffith, Thriving Mum. Amazing. Please go and find her and connect with her. And Wendy, thank you so much for being on here today. Hi, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. So if you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a review or even email me with anything you think I could do to make this podcast better. I'm totally open to hearing feedback and ideas. Every single week, I am emailing out a bit of an encouraging newsletter. These are going to change every week. Sometimes it's going to be thoughts that God has put in my heart. Sometimes it's going to just be maybe a series of funny stories or life hacks or things that I find helpful. Either way, it's a great way for us to connect and I would love to have you on the subscribers list. So make sure to do that. Have a lovely week praying for God's protection over you as you just go about your business and I'll see you again. Bye.